Hey, we've got another special guest. Jonathan, you just picked up the cell phone and texted a friend. Well, I did, yes, and a very important one, too, because she is one of the top ladies in motorsports in America. She is Danielle Trotter, and she... You called a lifeline. I did call a lifeline, because I want her to get in on this discussion, because she's Miss NASCAR, in my opinion, and uh, she obviously uh, hosts um, the Race Hub, and uh, obviously there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot going on that is connected with Haas, with Stuart, with young drivers. Uh, Danielle, are you there? Hi, Jonathan. Hi, how are you, darling? Good. It's so good to hear your voice. I'm glad you texted me. That's not a problem. And I'm <laughs> delighted you've come on the show because we are having a bit of a debate tonight. And if you want to weigh in, great. But just before the before the first break, I got thrown a real doozy, which was, could Danica Patrick be considered for the Haas Stewart Formula One team? And I thought, oh, call a friend. <laughs> um, and as a lady, then you maybe want to bear in on that. But actually, what I'd like to know from you is we've been talking about potential drivers for the Stuart Haas team, and we're going through GP2, Formula E, the World Endurance Championship, and I hadn't really thought too much about it, but why not? NASCAR, that's what he's connected to, and I wanted to to get your take on any of the young drivers that have impressed you um, on the way up or who we should look out for on the way up in the future for Haas. Hmm, that's interesting. You want me to help stir the pot? Yes, please. (laughs) Um, have you guys, you discussed Formula E, have you guys talked about Nelson Piquet? To be honest, no, not yet. That's a very good call. We had another caller in, and he was talking about uh, Pippo Durrani, who's in the WEC. And we've also mentioned, obviously, Alexander Rossi, because he's the only American with a super license. Um, but that actually, yeah, that's an interesting call. Well, I know Nelson Piquet personally just from his time in NASCAR, and then I know he switched over to Formula E this year, and uh, he's a heck of a talent. And I know he's he's riding the the uh, the open wheel circuit, and I, I think he would be a great candidate. I know he's kind of ventured over to the other side, if you will, and not really running NASCAR so much. But um, Danica's interesting. She's employed by Gene Haas, um, but I think she's uh, got her hands full with the stock car racing, so to speak. So I'm not sure if she'd transfer over anytime soon. But I I have read that Alexander Rossi has spoken publicly and said he was interested. So. That's well, another good choice. Well, I've got you on the line, and this is a bit unfair, but just on the Danica story, obviously we dealt with the GoDaddy story the other week. Is it a big story or a small story? I'll put it that way to get you out of it, in, unless you know something you can tell us. But um, I, I still haven't decided whether them pulling out of, of NASCAR is a big story or not a big story. Um, uh, well, I, I mean, I think it's huge for her. And anytime you have a, a sponsor that says they're going to leave, um, that could put your ride in jeopardy. I mean, you can't, in NASCAR now, it's so expensive, Jonathan. It's a $25 million investment. And if you don't have sponsors behind you, uh, drivers lose their rides every year when they don't have sponsorship. So I think, um, you know, on the surface, do, you know, red flags go up? Sure, but that would be with any driver. Um, but Danica spoke about it last week when we were in Talladega, and I was sitting in there with, uh, on her press conference. And listen, she's one of the most popular athletes in the entire world, not just the country. And GoDaddy left because uh, they felt like they achieved everything that they had asked her to do with that sponsorship and the awareness, uh, the revenue that it generated. Now GoDaddy wants to take that money and increase their global advertising. So she did her job. 
uh, and she's still going to be a spokesperson for them and do campaigns. She's, they're just not going to be on a race car. So she's aggressively pitching herself with her people, and companies are coming to her. Um, and I don't think she's really going to have a problem finding sponsorship. I think a $25 million price tag is a lot for any company and any driver in this economy. But I think the new wave of NASCAR is not to have one sponsor. I think a lot of those days are gone, except for Jimmy Johnson, who has lows on his car every single weekend. But 42 other drivers really don't have that luxury. So I think what Danica can do is pitch herself to several big companies and put together several smaller sponsorships, if you will, for Five to ten million dollars, and then they add up to the twenty-five million dollar price tag. So I don't think she's going to have a problem finding anybody. And GoDaddy certainly isn't washing their hands of her either. Well, Danielle, this is John Massengill, and when I read that story, when I read all the way through it, and it said that they're looking for a more global exposure for their company, that I mean, the instantly the first thought that popped in my head is that maybe they won't, they're going to do business with the Haas F1 team. I mean, obviously, that's the whole reason that Haas is getting into this with his, with his global uh, CNC company, that he needs that global exposure, that, that it would be a great partnership for GoDaddy to, to move with them into, uh, into Formula One for that global exposure. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think I see why you're connecting those dots, and I haven't heard anything official, and that didn't come out in the press conference. But um, on the surface, I think it makes a lot of sense. GoDaddy obviously saw um, that motorsports, American Motorsports was a great investment. And listen, it was really profitable for them. They made, uh, it was projected uh, by an advertising company that Danica Patrick made them $95 million in generated revenue since they started uh, with her several years ago. Um, so I think it makes a lot of sense. If, if they want to expand, listen, there's no motorsports, uh, you know, in, in the entire world more popular than Formula One. So, uh, and they already have that partnership with Gene. And, yeah, I mean, I think two and two could add up to four there. I, I understand why you connect those dots, and it makes a lot of sense. Hey, yeah. Danielle, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, and I, I'm I'm glad you said that. When I first thought it would seem a natural because of the global, but and it doesn't seem far-fetched at all because you're right. GoDaddy has been, uh, in the last few years, they've grown enormously, and I think they would gladly attribute, uh, give some of that credit to, to that relationship. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. If you, if you want to expand your uh, your global global advertising department, uh, you guys would know better than me. Um, my boyfriend is a diehard Formula One fan, so we watch every practice, qualifying, and race. And uh, me being the, the stock car girl, the NASCAR girl, uh, I'm amazed every time I, I watch the race at all the surrounding countries and the fans all over the world and the flags and the people and the fans that are represented. It's mind-blowing to me um, because I represent... Uh, I cover a sport that, that's, you know, American-based. So uh, if they're wanting to reach the major and, and minor countries all over the world, big, small, whatever the size, I mean, you see them represented at these races and, and the different countries that they travel to. I mean, I think the exposure uh, would be tremendous. I don't know what the, the financial uh, obligations would be that, that Gene would be uh, expecting of a sponsor. You know, I talk about the $25 million number. Uh, for NASCAR, I'm not sure the number that it would take, just because I don't cover F1. But so I'm not sure the level of sponsorship that he'd be looking for. So I'm not sure if it would make sense. But from a global global advertising standpoint, uh, I can see how how those two things make a lot of sense pairing up together. Well, I hope so. But uh, hey, Daniel, we uh, Daniel, we do have to take a quick break. Can you hold with us through the break? We want to talk a little yeah. bit about Race Hub too. So, okay, right, great. We're, we're talking with Daniel Trotta, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Speed City on the Yahoo Sports Radio Network. 
Welcome back to Speed City. We're going to jump right back into the discussion with Danielle Trotta. She is the host of the Xfinity Pre-Race Show and the co-host of NASCAR's Race Hub on Fox and Fox Sports 1. And she does an awesome job, I may add. Well, Daniel, yes, she does. <laughs> thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, and you were on the show once. I think we were out at Circuit of the Americas live, and uh, we got to meet you in person. We appreciate that. But so, Daniel, I was just looking at your Twitter feed, and uh, the last tweet you had was all about Danica and how she's one of the many reasons you said how she's good for NASCAR, and uh, with a hashtag role model, and all it was there with all the young girls and all the the uh, GoDaddy suits that look just like her. I thought that was uh, pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, I saw that picture uh, last night when I was watching the race, and Stuart House Racing had tweeted it out, and I screenshot it and tweeted it because I just had this moment where I looked at it and thought, this is one of the many reasons why she's great. It's a motorsports all over the world, whether it's NASCAR, Formula One, MotoGP, it's a, it's a male-dominated industry. And in NASCAR, uh, the average demographic for our fan is a 55- to 60-year-old male, and I think Danica Shatters... Uh, all of those stereotypes and demographics and every sport, no matter what it is, chicken ball or, or racing is always looking to lower the demographic, introduce a new sector of fans and bring young fans, new fans into the sport. And I know something that's a big initiative of NASCAR right now. And I think Danica does an excellent job of not only bringing young fans into the sport. And I talk to parents all the time and, and for whatever reason it is, uh, Danica resonates with young people. Um, she's young herself, and she has a really vibrant, fresh, outgoing, spunky personality. And uh, she's got the bright green car, and she's really fan-friendly. And, and kids are just drawn to her, but I think girls especially. And, you know, for me to get into television, I looked up to Hannah Storm and Linda Cohn, and, and I identified with women in the industry when I was eight nine, ten years old, and I said, Dad, that's what I want to do, because I saw females that were out there doing it. And I think that's what Danica represents to young females uh, that want to enter racing, and, and they go to the racetrack with their moms and dads every weekend, and all they see are males. And I think Danica shatters that image and tells little girls that they can be her when they grow up, too. And I just think it's really great, and I know she's swamped every time she's at the racetrack, but she always makes time for those young fans and for little girls, and, and I think it's great. Yeah, and you know what, Danielle, I know we've discussed this before, but women in sport generally, and especially in motorsport, it, it, it's such a skewed view uh, of females, um, you know, that goes all the way back to when, when if you like, when, when motor racing began. Uh, and it's wrong, and, and, and people like Danica and yourself, to be honest, um, are changing that view uh, of women in motorsport. And I love it because, um, uh, first of all, I'm, I, deep, deep down, I think I'm a marketeer at, at heart, and, and, and she is so marketable. I, I spent a lot of time with Danica when she was in Indy, and it was just she outsold, out interested, and had fans outside her garage. Very similar to Valentino Rossi when it comes to fans following for no apparent reason from 12-year-olds to 70-year-olds. And she has galvanized the sport like no other woman or, or motorsports uh, personality in my feeling. So uh, that's why she's still relevant. Uh, I think she's great at what she does. Uh, and even if she doesn't win the championship uh, several times over, she's still going to go down in history as a major, major factor for women in motorsport. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and I just talked to Danica about this a few weeks ago. Uh, she scored two top tens already through 11 races this year. It's by far been her best performance on the racetrack, and she now surpassed uh, Janet Guthrie. She now has more top tens than any other female 
in NASCAR history and more starts than the other female. And I asked her about that. And for as powerful as she is as a brand uh, that you speak of, she's also very humble in the NASCAR world because she knows what she's up against uh, from a performance standpoint. She's one of she's with Stuart Haas, who is with they're the most dominant team, uh, arguably in racing right now. Uh, Kurt Busch has won a race. Her teammate Kevin Harvick has won two races. He's our defending champion. Um, and she's clicking off better finishes. Like I said, she's finishing in the top ten, and she's performing really well, but she also understands the steep hill that she has to climb. And I know she takes her job extremely seriously. And when I asked her about being now the most successful woman in NASCAR history, by the numbers, it's proven. Um, you wouldn't get the feeling that she's comfortable just at achieving that goal. She's hungry to actually be taken seriously, uh, competitive on the racetrack. She wants to be respected by her peers, and she feels like she still has a lot of work to do. Um, but from a branding standpoint, I think it's interesting that she's in a contract year with Stuart Haas, and she's losing her sponsor. Um, and I've asked other drivers. I was just asking Wally Dallenbach about this two weeks ago. Do you think that that's why we're seeing an uptick in her performance? And he said, you know, historically through the years, whatever sport, you always see athletes perform better in a contract year, right, because they want to get re-signed. Um, and for whatever motivation she has, uh, we're certainly seeing it show up on the racetrack. But I thought it was interesting, too. She said she has she can be a bit more selective. She's not desperate to find a sponsor. I think, like you said, her brand speaks to children. It speaks to women. It speaks to people that are young. It speaks to people that are old. Um, Danica just breaks barriers. And when she's around, you pay attention. And she creates maximum exposure for any corporation. And I think she knows that. But she's also very selective. And she told me she the thing that shocked her most is that when she shops around and, and pitches herself to sponsors or they come to her either way, they're really interested in her feedback. And she's not the kind of girl that just stands in front of the camera and says what you want her to say. She wants to be hmm. actively involved in the presentation and she wants to be tied to she wants to be tied to a sponsor that makes sense. Um, I think that's so exactly on spot. Wait, yeah, I can't wait to see who lines up with her. It's gonna be yeah. really interesting. Well, Danielle Trotta, thank you so much for coming on Speed City tonight. We appreciate it. And uh, best of luck with the show, with Race Hub and the Xfinity pre-race show. And uh, we will hope to grab you again and, uh, and grab you on the show. Thanks a lot. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks, Danielle. All right. Well, we're going to have to continue this conversation on our website and on Twitter because we got to go. We're done for the night. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com.